the only thing you care about. That's right. The Football Pod is back. If GAA is the only thing you care about, make sure you don't miss the return of the Football Pod. You just knew it was coming down the track. Subscribe to the Football Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And you're very welcome along. Sunday's off the ball. So the Sunday papers to be reviewed very shortly in the company of Vincent Hogan and Jerry Thornley. Uh, around three o'clock or so, Dion Fanning, Keith Tracy, Shane Keegan will make up our football panel. They are all live here in studio with reaction as well from Stephen Kenny after Ireland's defeat at Hampden Park last night. There will be a Golf Weekly takeover after six. We'll have updates on all the live sport throughout the afternoon. And we'll hear from Brendan O'Duffy, the father of Brendan O'Duffy, a year on from his passing, the Monaghan under-20 footballer who was so tragically killed in that car crash uh, last year, just hours after an Ulster semi-final. Brendan O'Duffy was on OTBAM uh, during the week, so we'll bring you that interview as well across the afternoon. 53106, the text number. We're at Off The Ball on Twitter. Anne-Marie Donlan, as usual, with us on a Sunday. Hello. Hi, Joe. And we have Arthur O'Dea as well. Hello. How are you, Joe? So, reflections on uh, Hampden Park to come with... Dion Fanning, Keith Tracy, Shane Keegan. Your own thoughts, Arthur? That's pretty disappointing in the end, really. Kind of same old, same old kind of uh, plenty to like in the aspects of the performance and then we lose. <laughs> so like it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of, you know, it's an odd sort of thing. It's it's a, uni- a situation we're in. There's not any sort of obvious alternative that you'd want right now I, I don't know what the answer would be mm. I don't know what we can do but kind of keep on going until it kind of reaches a point where he has no other option that we kind of have to try something new it seems at the minute we're probably not we've not exhausted what he's trying to do no. Stephen Kenny so it's kind of you just kind of keep grin and bear it a wee bit yeah we will be talking about the Sunday papers very shortly this hour Mick Foley for instance and Marie uh, his particular piece in the Sunday Times was just about how good the Irish back three were John Egan and Nathan Collins Darrow Shea and uh, at the end of the piece despite all the positives and as Arthur says there are lots of positives he does say but losing also leaves Ireland miles off the pace in their group still stuck in that limbo land between promise and progress and that is an equally pressing reality there is that sense of a great promise and we're two years into it and uh, you kind of you can see the improvements Ah, yes, this nagging sense as well. When when is that winning habit going to come? Yeah, and that's exactly it. That's where they are. There's a sense of optimism about what they're doing and the performances, but there isn't a sense of confidence. And there's a really big difference in those two things. Like Ireland should beat Armenia in Tuesday in Dublin, but I wouldn't put my house on the fact that they will. And that's the problem. And they're going into this qualification campaign for the Euros now. And it all rides on this. And there isn't a confidence that they can go out and boss games and win games that they should win. Mm. And last night they should have won that game because Troy Parrott should have taken that chance. And it's as simple as the fact that they didn't. And that's it. And they have four points out of a possible 15. They'll probably finish the group with seven points. But there was talk at the beginning of this when the draw was made about topping the group. And as you say, it does feel like they're in that limbo and miles off doing that and going out and getting a consistent run of games and wins. Mm. The draw for the Euros qualification campaign is the 9th of October. That could be sticky, just the way things have fallen. France and England could both be uh, second seeds. So we don't want to be in a group with number one seed and then an England or a France as second seed. 
And that's why last night as well was important because a win last night could have seen them go into that draw as second seeds as opposed to third seeds. And the difference between second and third, like Arthur and I were speaking about it outside, that could be the difference between drawing an England or a Switzerland. Hmm. And that gap is massive. I know Switzerland won last <laughs> night, but you know what I mean. Spain. <laughs> that is a big difference. So they could have a very difficult group. And like I say, it's just there isn't a sense of confidence about them going out winning games. Hmm. So uh, you've got different pieces of Stephen Kenny reaction to bring us. What's he talking about, first of all, here? Yeah, obviously last night's game is where we'll begin and the Republic of Ireland let a one-goal half-time lead slip, losing 2-1 to Scotland at Hampden Park in the UEFA Nations League. John Egan put the visitors ahead in the 18th minute during an impressive first-half performance. However, five minutes after the break, the Scots equalised. That was via a Jack Hendry header before Ryan Christie put them into the lead from the penalty spot in the 82nd minute. Between those two goals, as I mentioned, Troy Parrott had a one-on-one opportunity with Scotland's goalkeeper Craig Gordon. The Preston North End forward was denied by a save from Gordon. And here's Ireland manager Stephen Kenny after the game. He says that ultimately not taking their chances cost them. It's a tough game to lose. From our point of view, I think in the first half we, we, we showed uh, real maturity. You know, I felt uh, we had a high degree of control like overall in, in the first half and we were comfortable in possession and I felt we didn't really concede too many chances in the first half and had, you know, a lot of possession and the team played well. It was just very disappointed to concede five minutes into the second half and I was actually taught we started the second half well. Obviously from Scotland's point of view, it's a good goal with Santa Half joining in in, in from, from deep but we were disappointed with that and obviously the, cr- the crowd really got up and got behind the team in a major way and Scotland have good players in midfield. They sort of went into the ascendancy then, but I thought we responded well, like and created some excellent chances, some really good chances that we we we, we would have wanted to capitalise on and we just couldn't quite do that. And in terms of the group table now, Ireland are third with four points out of a possible 15 so far. They need at least a draw with Armenia in Dublin on Tuesday to avoid relegation from League B. Kenny was asked last night about this and their overall performance in the campaign. We're obviously always honest in our discussions. I think we're disappointed to lose. It's a game that disappointment is, is, you know, is evident, but we can't dwell on it because you just can't because you've, you've got a quick turnaround to game Tuesday and uh, we've got to get ready because a lot of really good performances tonight and um, we've got to uh, got to get ourselves ready you know we have to earn the right to win that game and that's that's what we'll be focusing on doing Ukraine and Scotland are very strong um, it's a tough tough group we, you know, we would have wanted more points than we have. We're not, we're not denying that, and that's, that's. But we've got to listen. Now is not the time for that. We've just got to focus on Tuesday and make sure we're ready for that game and uh, make sure we're ready for Armenia. Yeah, that's his prerogative for sure to prepare for Armenia. We will reflect a bit more on uh, how things have gone thus far, though. Dion Fanning, Keith Tracy, Shane Keegan will be along from three o'clock for our panel. All the lads in studio will get to some of your texts and tweets across the course of that hour. So. 
That's the international football. What else is going on? Yeah, there is international football as well. This evening, Joe, Croatia know that a win over Austria will see them top Group 1 of League A. If they fail to win, the door opens for Denmark to steal a top spot. That's if they can beat world champions France. Both of those games get underway at 7.45. Meanwhile, bottom side Wales need a victory over Poland to have any chance of remaining in the top league. Their Group 4 clash also gets underway at a quarter to eight, while at the same time, the Netherlands come up against Belgium. I have to say, we're into the Nations League proper now because obviously the first one had uh, COVID hanging over it. But as this tournament settles down, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. Oh, last night as well was the furthest thing from a friendly. Mm. Yeah, there was something to the game. did find myself looking at the Irish fans there, the build-up, something on the line and thinking, wow, as you said, we could be having a dud friendly right now. Mm. So much better. Incredible. Yeah, it's a huge, huge difference. It's amazing it took so long. I do kind of, you still worry about the number of games to a certain degree. As in? It's like... just how much you can ask, I suppose, from ah, players. Don't worry about that. <laughs> They're grand, are they? <laughs> They're fine. Yeah. It's just that it's going to be, but it's going to be, it's relentless. Now, it kind of suits us because our players, a lot of our players don't play week in, week out anyway. It's keeping our players keeping fit. Keeping our players fit. Um, but no, no, no. As a, as a spectacle, mm. I mean, it's, it's brilliant what you can end up seeing. It's just like, even I watched the other night in between the, oh, the under-21 match, watching a bit of England-Italy. Yeah. And again, there's just something on the line. It's like, it's a great game. To be, it wasn't a great game, but it was great to be watching it with the sense that there, it, something could happen. In explaining the format, Kevin Kilbane did his best to torpedo the thing I know, yeah. early on. It struggled, it wobbled after that, but I think it's regrouped, the Nations League. So uh, I think everybody realising the merits of it. What else are we talking about then? There is women's football on today. Defending champions Chelsea will look to win their first Women's Super League game of the new season. Emma Hayes' side faced Manchester City, who fell to a 4-3 loss against Aston Villa last week. Chelsea also suffered a shock defeat that was to Liverpool on the opening weekend. That kicks off in London at 4 o'clock. Meanwhile, there is a Merseyside derby at a quarter to seven. Liverpool host Everton. And Brighton and Reading kick off the day's action at 2 o'clock. Then Aston Villa and Leicester City is at 3, the same time as West Ham and Manchester United. There's one game here at home in the first division of the SSE Airtricity League. Waterford take on Bray Wanderers at the Carlisle Grounds from 3 o'clock. Okay. Uh, women's Irish Open continuing? Yeah, it is. It is the final day of the KPMG Women's Irish Open at Stromoland Castle and Ashleen O'Reilly is there. It's the final day here at the KPMG Women's Irish Open at Dromolan Castle. Thankfully, it is dry with a slight breeze. Leon Maguire is hoping that the home crowd can cheer her on to victory today. After a best of the day, 65 yesterday, that left her just two shots off the lead heading into today's final round. The world number 18 had a disappointing second round, scoring 75 that left her tied 42nd, 10 shots behind the leader. She admitted the jet lag had been a problem the first two days as she had just flown in from the US West coast but she came out re-energised for round three making six birdies and an eagle playing her last 13 holes in eight under par at the moment it's overnight leader Anne Van Dam of the Netherlands England's Annabel Dimmock Smilla Tarning Sonnerbu Nicole Broach Esterp who sit in first position 11 under par followed by four players all one shot behind Maguire teed off today at 11.20am in the third last group with Sarah Schober and Moa Folk Leona bogey the first and second and is currently on the sixth hole 
seven under par, four shots off the lead. As you can see, there is no clear leader as of yet, so we're in for an exciting final round here at the KPMG Women's Irish Open. Yeah, more from action across the afternoon. Uh, golf and off the ball in association with the KPMG's Women's Irish Open. So, uh, some texts in. You couldn't be more negative. So many positives and improvements, says Michael in Dublin. We could be a lot more negative if we were trying 100%. to, Michael. I mean, I think the interesting thing to ask at this juncture is we're two years into Kenny and the improvements are obvious. Seven players last night in the starting team were under, under the age of 23. He has given uh, 16 debutants their chance in an Irish jersey in 18 months. It's been a real time of transition, both in terms of personnel and in style of play. And some of the better performances have been really good, like the way Ireland took Qatar apart in Dublin. Jumps to mind some of the performances against the bigger teams, the Belgium draw, for instance, uh, just this year, the Scotland win in June, albeit against the Scotland side, not at their best. So a lot of good things, but there is still a certain vulnerability. And we saw that last night. And at the end of this two years, we're now saying, well, where are we as we head towards March? Because March to November decides Ireland's Euros campaign. Is this team in the habit of winning games? And last night's one of those occasions where you look at it and think God, they were good enough to win there and they're not happening. And it's not happening rather. And then you have the Armenia issues as you said Anne-Marie whereby it still feels like this team is liable to throw in a wobble or a Mm -hmm. performance like that so uh, we could be far more negative I think we're given a fairly realistic judgement Michael in Dublin maybe you think it's all perfect and all great Uh, sure what can you do if only the centre backs can finish says one texture somebody else five goals from five games Ukraine Scotland with twice that amount not the manager's fault that Troy Parrott uh, missed that chance I mean the Parrott one was the killer yeah I'm a bit. I, you see, I, I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I'd love to be positive. I'd love to feel very positive about it. But I kind of get drawn in by the like. It's kind of grand, as one said to say. Was it seven players under twenty three yesterday? Yeah. It's kind of meaningless. It's kind of all hypothetical on the fact that they become. I did put that to Paul McShane and Damon Delaney on Virgin last night, and they both looked at me and said, "So what?" Yeah, like it does. it's not about that. Because it doesn't, yeah, it, it, it great if they're at twenty seven, twenty eight, playing Premier League football, a masterstroke, but. I don't think that's the way that many of those careers... Like, it's funny when you see someone come in and you're like, right, you see Nathan Collins. Mm. And it's like, oh, that's the real deal. And it's like, you can see someone like, that's that's what it looks like. And then you kind of think, right, well, Troy Parrott's around, you know, a little bit younger. He's only 20. Okay, but he's 20, but... Uh, <laughs> Michael Lubbock, their careers don't seem to be trending in that similar direction. And I don't want to be... It's not. It doesn't have to. You don't. We don't need that. But I don't know what their ceiling is. is. Yeah, what the, what the level is. What... what it doesn't strike you that it just doesn't like, and that's that's harsh because you're looking at it last night especially that Scotland team what we wouldn't give for one or two players in the similar position I know it's like Scott McTominay is not necessarily what a Man United midfielder in the classical mould of it but he's still playing they've a team of Premier League players yeah Yeah. imagine not having Andy Robertson and kind of mm. well yeah that that's a, a freak thing I suppose that they have Kieran Tierney there as well but it's just, it's completely different. It's, it, it really is a level apart. Mm. I don't think Scotland are particularly that good. So then in that context, Scotland at home should be beating Ireland. Yeah, I think they should. I, I don't think we probably should have won. There's not much you'd go off the back of last night to say what well, we should have done, but that's not really, you can't just, I suppose, accept that and move on either. If, if what's not working, if what's if what's being done isn't working, I, like, I don't know, like, what are you trying to... So it, is, is your negativity based more on the reality of the standard quality. of Irish players or more around where Stephen Kenny is two years in and about Stephen Kenny? Well, I don't, like, I'm not sure in the last two years. If that's the situation, so he inherited that team and he's radically revolutionised it. Yeah. 
brought in a whole new raft of players, everything else, and bringing through players. And that, in theory, is fantastic. And it's exactly what you'd want. But at the same time, if those players aren't good enough, presumably then you have to look elsewhere, try and harness other things. Or I, I appreciate where where else do you look. Yeah, I know it. But I haven't noticed the Irish centre forward lighting it up in the Premier League who's just waiting for I, his chance. What I would appreciate though is like just because he's the man who came in and like because like we can look at Stephen Kenny certainly in comparison to the last few run of managers. Yeah, he's doing it completely differently. Yeah, but just because he's doing it completely differently doesn't necessarily mean he's the best man to do it. There could be someone else that could come in and do it better than he is doing it, mm. which is. But like, what was frustrating last night? wasn't the quality that was on offer because okay that was this talk in the build-up to the game because Scotland have so many more players playing at a top level but as the game panned out Ireland were well on top in the game and that's what's more frustrating that they're not coming away from these games that they are performing better than the opposition in front of them and winning them I wouldn't say we bossed it either I thought the first half they did and then to, to a point I think we've overplayed how much how on top we were in the first half I really do we we held our own in the first half. I don't think we bossed it. I you don't think they had they deserved the lead at half time? Uh, yeah, maybe. But I wouldn't think this was geez, uh, Scotland are lucky to be one 0 down kind of thing either. I thought Ireland were good in the first half, but I don't think you can say oh we bossed that. And you know, again, we all look at it through our, our own eyes. Steve Clark came out and said, well, you know, players were very tired from the Ukraine game and okay, they struggled yeah. to get going. And Ireland were much fresher, and so we knew we'd have to hold them off. You know, that's how they're seeing it from their perspective. So I think. We can be in danger of giving ourselves too much credit maybe for the first half. But what I'm saying is you don't come away from last night thinking Ireland just don't have the players. It was more they didn't take the win that was there for the taking. Yeah. Is that not a reflection on not having the players? The, the next step could be, well, Troy Parrott didn't take the chance. Is that down to... Because he's not playing at a top level. Well, Perhaps, to be yeah. fair, he's... Pl- to, that's a weird one because Troy Parrott's playing at a good enough level to take that chance. Mm-hmm. It's just one moment. You can hone too much in in one moment and, and draw these grand conclusions about the quality of player. It was it was a bad moment for him. But like you say, it feels like there isn't an edge to them to go and finish a game off. That's kind of the... the where that, they're performing that winning well. Habit. Yeah, Challenge to Paul McShane and Damien Delaney last night, they, they felt that this team should have more of a winning yeah, habit definitely. or winning edge. And, they were and I don't know if that's what's being said in the dressing room. Perhaps... I know Duffy and Coleman okay Coleman came on but they didn't start last night I don't know what that is that that winning edge and mentality doesn't seem to be there mm. sometimes it's an intangible thing like it's funny chatting to the boys even during the game as we were watching it they are saying like you know Martin O'Neill for all the, the ills people talked about with the lack of preparation sometimes in training he also had a certain something as a manager mm. that would get a big performance out of a team and, and they'd nick a win and you know, management's a curious thing. It's not just about doing everything perfectly. It's also about your force of personality and those intangibles. A and, presence. And yeah, and, and that's what it's sometimes that's it's hard important. to... That's important. It is. It's hard to judge a management team from the outside in that respect because we don't know why they're falling short in some <laughs> of these games. <laughs> they keep walking away. <laughs> well, that, I mean, look, <laughs> Anthony, Barry, Anthony Barry does look like a big loss. There's no question. Uh, somebody says, Pat says, Ireland much improved. Pleasure to watch. Who was marking Hendry for the free header though? Well, nobody. And uh, to be fair, Matt Doherty did not cover himself in yeah, glory either. Uh, Kenny and his team doing a great job improving in every game. More confident and technically better. This is a long-term project as a texter. But how long-term is it? Because it comes down now to qualification for the Euros. If they don't get to Euro 2024, Stephen Kenny's gone. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. So how long-term is it? 
He has one last shot. He definitely deserves the next qualifying. Oh, I totally yeah, agree with that. But yeah. I mean... Well, beyond that, well, look, we'll judge it in a year then. We've been saying for two years it's long term. Yeah, but I think it was always going to be up, certainly up until these Euros, uh, this Euros campaign, to be fair to him. Uh, I think we lack a presence in midfield, said somebody. Oh, well. John and Cork. Yeah. Lads, instead of focusing all on Parrott's missed chance, can we remember Matt Doherty should have passed or finished better in a huge second half chances? And totally agree, he should have passed. I think it was Malumbi who was coming in. And once Doherty chopped inside, if he just squared it into Malumbi's path, Malumbi could have hit it on the run and really had a great chance, you know, would have been a great opportunity to score. Doherty's chance after the equaliser. When he cuts inside in the second half. Yeah, he was probably also a bit hot headed from being frustrated after letting himself down as well. Maybe. You know, reacted with a shot that perhaps wasn't on. Yeah, no, he should have passed. Uh, I wasn't a Kenny fan. Uh, He's done a lot with what he's inherited and who he has brought in. It's a work in progress and good progress, says Sean in Westport. So to be fair, in the main, lots of support for the job. uh, The texts are flown in. Uh, Stop with negativity. Last night we played better than Scotland. Every match we've shown improvement. It's obvious Kenny's on the right path to somebody else. So um, lots of support coming in for Stephen Kenny. But that's what we said. That's the performances are getting better yeah. the results just aren't I'm not convinced by that just for the record you're not yeah, yeah. fair enough you're, in, you're perfectly entitled not to be I mean <laughs> like, for in, again I keep harking back to Damien Delaney it's just he's fresh in my mind because I was in a studio with him last night in Virgin he thinks we've now got to the point where this is more than just I'm giving lots of debutants and I'm saying we're going to play good football his argument was well anyone can do that yeah. anyone can come in and do that so what do we want of a manager do we not want results at a certain point and he was arguing that point is if it's not been and gone it's fast approaching um, so like Damon Delaney's entitled to that p- opinion as well and you can see where he's coming from so anyway we'll um, keep the text coming through because I'm sure it'll come up with Jerry Thornley and Vincent Hogan in the paper review in just a couple of moments where else we go? Um, more golf Joe and Northern Ireland's Jonathan Caldwell is two over par through eight holes of his final round of the DP World Tours Open de France that leaves him three under for the tournament with the lead there currently 15 under par that's held by Denmark's Rasmus Hoygaard. He's on 15 under. Rugby wise, Munster will look to bounce back from their opening round defeat to Cardiff in the URC this afternoon. Graham Roundtree's men are away to the Dragons at Rodney Parade. That's at three o'clock. He's made eight changes to last weekend. The likes of Keith Earls, Simon Zebo, and Peter O'Mahony all come into the starting 15. Road contests their 11th final in a row this afternoon when they take on current champions Tullamore. That's in the Offaly Senior Football Championship decider that throws in at O'Connor Park at a quarter past four. A friend of the show, Eric Donovan. Yeah, 37-year-old Eric Donovan claimed an EU super featherweight title last night. That was by beating France's Khalil El Hadri in Belfast on a unanimous points decision. It was remarkably his first time to fight 12 rounds in his career. The Kildare native emotional afterwards, describing the win as his Everest saying anything after this is a bonus. Boxing changed my life. I owe my local club in Atai everything. Yeah, we'll uh, chat to Eric at some stage this week. We felt, let's not bother him this morning. <laughs> uh, did you get to see it or were you, you were pretty busy? I was busy, busy obviously, in yeah. Virgin last night, but I did uh, see the videos doing the rounds on social media. He looked like he took some punishment. <laughs> he took some punishment, yeah. It, it, like, he definitely, if you were judging it on aesthetics alone, you wouldn't have thought he'd won that fight. Um but uh, look, he's, I just—it's I, incredible. Whatever is in him that keeps driving him to come back. Because there was 
few times it looked like he was kind of going to be finished, but keeps on coming and coming. Um, it was very, very emotional afterwards. Just the whole, the whole scene was such a tight little arena as well. Mm. The whole place, it was really, and look, credit to TG Carr as well for showing it. Yeah. It was um, it's incredible. I, it was very interesting because obviously I'm not a native Irish speaker when they're kind of flitting in on commentary between Irish and English at different points in it. It's just, it's very interesting viewing experience because you are left, like more often than not, to be watching kind of being told what happens but here there's like there could be two three minutes past where it's like you're just watching it because you don't really you can't obviously garner what they're saying yeah um but great night you thrilled from you you really couldn't be any happier for him and it was a tight decision uh yeah it, yeah i mean your uh, his opponent looked pretty upset <laughs> pretty frustrated i'm pretty sure he came in as well when eric was speaking directly after he came into the camera shot uh not quite a little bit grace more less graceful even than maybe anthony joshua uh, recently, it was he wasn't happy. Okay, his team weren't happy. Well, we'll chat to Eric at some stage this week. Uh, just news in the last uh, fifteen minutes or so. So the World uh, Rowing Championships for Ireland have been a great success thus far, and we had Snead of Puspore and Zoe Hyde in action just in the last half hour in the women's schools double schools uh, A final, and they have finished third. So bronze medal for Sunita Puspore and Zoe Hyde in the women's double schools A final uh, that's just in from uh, the Czech Republic any last story you want to finish up on? Um, Tyson Fury says Anthony Joshua needs to sign a contract to fight him on Monday so tomorrow is D-Day or the bout won't happen WBC <laughs> God's sake <laughs> we, did a, we did a piece on this Tyson Fury's fighting Anthony Joshua and Gavin Casey came on and said why are you doing this? Why are you so excited about this? This is not going to happen. So I'm holding my breath for this to happen tomorrow. It never fails. Fury says he's not prepared to wait any longer for Joshua to agree to the contest, saying he's lucky to even get the offer. I think it's Joshua isn't happy with the 60-40 split. More fool us for giving them airtime. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> it's a bit like when Gary Neville did the overlap with Roy Keane and he knew Keane loved his boxing and he was asking them about the heavyweight division and he said, no, don't like any of them. Too much talk. Uh, may have been onto something. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a short break. We will uh, have lots of football talk between three and four. Dion Fanning, Shane Keegan, and Keith Tracy will all be in studio to chat through last night's game and uh, where we are generally under Stephen Kenny. Uh, up next, though, Vincent Hogan, Jerry Thornley, going to review the Sunday papers.